Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 404 Podcast. Brought to you by, well, me, Reese. How are you doing? We got Eli. What's up? We got Shane. Hey. We got John. Bra. And we got Yoshi. Hey, guys. Welcome to the 404 Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the third part in our dating series. We're going to be answering some questions about... You know, how far is too far with your significant other? How do I know which one God is calling me to? And many, many more questions to answer. We also have the, uh, our local idiot in the, in the studio today, which is, which is yours truly. Now, sit back, get a nice cup of iced tea, and enjoy the podcast. So this episode is going to be structured in a question and answer segment. We have been gathering questions over the past two to three weeks. And so we are going to go in order or out of order. And we're going to be giving our opinions and um, biblical advice on the yeah. questions. Well, we're just running this through our biblical worldview, all the questions. Yes. So, so um, I definitely did not come prepared with scriptural verses. So, hey, that's that's fine. But I also didn't bring questions. Is that okay? <laughs> no, this dude has like what Shane's got like what. A few? Uh, if I didn't create yeah. my own questions, there. is store bought all right? <laughs> all <laughs> that's right. perfectly fine. However, I do have around seven you questions. Got a lot. Yeah, you yeah. Got a lot. So, um, we'll go in order and answer them. Um, that way, everyone has a chance to speak. Enjoy. And by the way, Reese is here joining us again. Yo, everyone, clap. Yeah. That was, oh, when I heard <coughs> last week's episode, I got so loud on the mic. I know, only, like, I was one of the only people that clapped. Shane didn't clap for Reese last week. He's too busy eating. Yeah. Check for load. No, he didn't, but he had no food last week, and he still didn't clap. Because he's a turd, and that's we, why. And we shamed him for it. Um, so. Dating. Let's get right, <laughs> let's get right into it, I guess, while you're munching on your... Chick-fil-A fries so what over is this there. first question? First question is, is... How do you know they're the one? They are the one. And I feel like that could also be kind of rephrased as, is there such a even such a thing as, is there the one? Mm. So is this just like anybody answer? And We're yeah. order. We're going oh, order. okay. So me first? If you want to start first. Yeah. Um, well, I'll just say it outright. I don't think there is such a thing as the one. That kind of belief comes from... Um, Greek mythology when there was humans were, according to Greek mythology, humans were once a four-legged, four-armed, two-headed, four-eyed being, and the gods saw them as too powerful, so they decided to split them in half, essentially creating man and woman, according to Greek theology. And then, since there was two halves to one being, you're essentially... What is happening back there? Nothing, Dave. Drive on. All right. So essentially, there is um. What? You're really throwing me off here. <laughs> no, it's like it's literally nothing. It's just like the teachers teaching something and like twenty four. All right. Okay. Hey, but for yeah. all of y'all who have not had Reese on the podcast yet, I'm this a complete is, idiot. This is Reese. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone say hi, Reese. Okay. <laughs> let, let me get back to what I was saying. Yes, let's get I back. Greek, yeah. so, Greek mythology. So, yeah. So, essentially, you have two halves to one being, and each half has essentially spent the rest of their lives searching for the other half. And that's kind of where the um, belief that there is the one, quote-unquote, out there. Um, but I... As we know, Greek mythology isn't true. I don't know why Reese is still laughing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and how do you know they're the one is the original question. What the frick is happening? Why are you laughing? I'm sorry. <laughs> why are the this two... Idiot two, two I, I know, they're both in the corners <laughs> laughing. I'm thinking about 24. Why? <laughs> Gosh, dang it! I got something funnier than 24. No, stop! 25! It's like the jello all over again. The jello? Yes, from all dead, and we were like, and just started shaking it, and no one laughed except you two. I don't understand. Yeah, and you. You both found it so enjoyable. You can't put two military guys in a in a closed environment. This was a horrible idea. This is a fantastic idea. This is going to be the funniest podcast. I say, I guess you restart the segment. No, we're not going to restart it. It's this is all going in. 
Yeah, yeah. I, this is all I, true. You're right. All I'm right. totally tracking with you on the mythology. Yeah, though. but yeah. But how do you know they're the one? You don't. We never fully understand God's will. Even when we like get to heaven with them, like God's an omnipotent, omniscient being who will never fully understand, and will never. We just can't know what He has written for our lives until we've lived it. So. Will you ever fully know that someone's the one? No, absolutely not. Or, like, that you should marry them? Want me to go next? Yeah. Oh, well, I, was, I was gonna go off of that. Yeah, let's... Yeah, right. so, Big Mike can speak. Yeah. So, while I do agree with... Uh, there is no such thing as the one. I can't remember if John... If I was talking to John one time, and he was telling me... If, if it wasn't you, then say it. But I think it's either John or somebody else. But they were saying, God... It's not necessarily the one, but God brings multiple ones across your path, and sometimes you get, you know, to to choose one. Like I mean, I mean, they may not all show. It's not gonna be like a, a Cusco choosing its bride type thing, where he's yeah. like, bachelorette. yeah, or a bachelorette. Yeah, that's more modern. That makes sense. <laughs> um, but it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be like that. But sometimes, you know, you have it, it. You meet someone at this point in your life, and you decide then there if you want to take that one with you for you know the rest of the ride. Or you decide, no, and that's not it. Um, so in terms of the one, that's where I stand on that. It just depends on where you are in life at the time, where God has you, and if you feel that you are ready for that. Now, in terms of, uh, excuse me, I, I don't know if you heard of that one or not. <laughs> John, John, John just threw up into the mic. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that adds class and character. It just shows that we're human. I guess so. Um, as long as you don't fart. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Eli, <laughs> that's disgusting. Gosh. Alright. Uh, now, in terms of knowing if they're the one... You can pray about it. You can think about it. You can read scripture. Do everything within your power and communicate to God as best you can to try to figure out if they're the one. But you will never be 100% certain that they are, in my opinion. I can't remember if I mentioned... Yeah, it was part of my uh, testimony, the last bit. It's just like I never felt compelled to do any great acts mm. of... So th- I would say those are some like at least telltale signs. I wouldn't say like, you have to. But there's not over a couple billion songs written about girls for no reason. Yeah. So... That would be a good thing. It's just you feel the the compelled to do great acts of life, not because they forced you to, but because you just have to. You just can't contain how much you love the person. Exactly, yeah. and also knowing that love, while it is a there is a good feeling that comes with it. Love is an action. Mm-hmm. It is like I love you is super heavy as well. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take that for, take that lightly, and I and I, I hate it when it's taken lightly. And, you know, I say that, but <laughs> I took it lightly. I learned. Mm. But it's an action, and it ha- it comes with it, actions to sh- demonstrate that. And if you yeah. don't feel, if, it, if that d- type of action does not come easy to you, mm. or at least one or two things, just like something small to start off with, if that doesn't come off easy for you, then you probably aren't with someone that you actively love. That's that's my bit. That's my two cents yeah. on the one and how do you know? So I guess I'm up next. Um, I my entire life actually I was the one that always viewed that there were such things as soulmates, and that idea was shattered quickly my freshman year of college, which is right now. And why I say that is because literally if, five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, five minutes ago. No, I'm just kidding. So last. Um, if you guys heard um, my girlfriend testimony, which was last episode, yep. yeah, which just came out right now as we're recording this, but um, I talked to you guys about um, girlfriend number three. And girlfriend number three, I met in preschool, and we were we knew each other in elementary, and she had a crush on me in elementary. And then in middle school, I started to look at her, and I'm like, oh, she's pretty cool, she's pretty or whatever, and she still liked me in middle school. Then you fast forward into high school freshman year and now we're in the same classes again and we were in the same classes in elementary and a couple in middle school but now freshman year same homeroom same classes she sits behind me and next to me in every single class we start talking we start becoming actual best friends 
she still likes me and I start to like her. And um, junior year rolls through and we start dating. And throughout my entire life, I always had dreams about her. I always had dreams that um, I would date her and I would be with her even when I was dating other people. And that's why I viewed like soulmates were an actual thing because even when I was dating these other people, I still had my eye on this on girlfriend number three. However, once I became a Christian and once I devoted my life to Christ, she wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. And she wanted nothing to do with my, my faith and wanted nothing to do with how I um, decided to not pursue my flesh um, in that relationship. So my fleshly desires, if you will. So that's when my, <clears throat> my idea changed from soulmates to not soulmates. And in the beginning, in elementary, all of our elementary friends were like, oh, you, you two are going to date and you two are going to get married and have children. And they said that in elementary. All the parents said that as well. Elementary, middle school, they said that in high school. And then I remember the first time I went over to her house, her mom was like, you know what, Max? Like, this is the first time that I'm seeing my daughter actually happy. And I honestly just want to thank you for, like, your um, – I guess like I don't remember what she said. She didn't say commitment, but thank you for lightening my daughter up, she said, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, wow, like I didn't realize I had that much like power and like, you know, um what am I trying to say? Uh influence. influence. Thank you. Influence on a person. Mm-hmm. Let alone this girl that liked me her entire life. And then we break up because I decide to be a Christian. So it's actually it's a sad story, but um I knew my entire life, or I thought I knew that she was the one. And um, I had dreams. People were telling me all these things. And we dated for a year and a half. And, like, the moment we started dating, all our friends from elementary were like, oh, my gosh, we knew it. It was going to happen. Now you guys are going to get married. And I I fell into this lie. And so how do you know they are the one? Well, you don't. Um, Right now, I actually... Two females so far in my freshman year of college, I thought I was going to date, just plainly date. And I prayed to God and I was like, God, if you want us to date, please give me like a sign or allow myself to get closer to them. Well, God's answer in both times, he didn't give me a dream like um, one of my uh, (laughs) ex-girlfriends. This time he actually gave me silence. Silence speaks volume, people. And instead of me getting closer to these people, the two girls that I actually was thinking about to date, they actually like ghosted me out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, thanks God. I mean, you answered my my prayer, but uh, you never know they're the one. You have to work for it. Um, and it's like what Reese, it's like what Eli said. And take my word for it. I completely went from, oh yeah, I believe in soulmates to no. It's, you have to work for it. You have to work for your love and it, it is earned and you do have to work for it and it's given freely sometimes. Um, like girlfriend number three, she liked me first her entire life. But the fact that she wouldn't get back with me and she didn't respect my faith and my decisions, that just goes to show that even the people that you think are the one actually aren't. So I'm going to pass the mic to Yashka. Yeah, uh- I definitely don't think there's the one. I think people who say there's the one um, think that it's going to be like all sunshine and rainbows for their entire life. They'll get married, have these kids. There won't be any hardships. It'll just be great. Um, But that's not how life works. I think, you know, like Reese talked about, God brings different people through your life. And so I would say maybe this isn't a good illustration, but when you buy a house or you buy a product or you pick a school to go to, you weigh all of the pros and all the cons, and even though you do that, there's still going to be hardship and bad times. And I think that's what you do also with a a woman um, or or a guy too, is you compare different things, your backgrounds, your your goals, your spiritual life, where you're at, what you guys want to do together, and if those things align, uh, and you're willing to work out whatever hardships may come, and you're compatible and it's centered around God first, then I think it's it's good. But there is no the one. Uh, you just have to use discernment in that situation and trust God. So whatever John has to say next. Yeah, so <clears throat> my summed-up answer is you know they're the one on your wedding day. And that's to say this. 
it's a choice. And once you marry the person, that's your commitment. And they're the one at that point on. Now, whether or not you had such a, a desire and, and, a, and a pull towards a particular person up to that point, that can you know, be based off of other things. But I look at it from this perspective of you can choose to marry whoever you want. Mm. And the Bible gives wisdom as to what kind of person you should be looking for because you can definitely cause yourself more heartache um, if you don't use discernment in choosing the person. Um, I believe it's Proverbs chapter 25. It talks about how it's better to live on the corner of the roof than it is to live in a house with a quarrelsome woman. Um, use Proverbs 31, you know, from a man's perspective and use that to judge what kind of a wife you're looking for. You can even look at it from the an inward out perspective of what kind of person are you looking for to marry? Are you looking for a compassionate person? Are you looking for a courageous person? And then you ask yourself, am I being a compassionate person? Am I being a courageous person? So if you're looking for particular aspects and attributes in a person, yeah. see if you're finding it in yourself first mm. and be the person that your wife or your husband is looking for. And most definitely when you seek to make such a, a lifelong commitment um, that has eternal weight to it, seek it prayerfully mm. and don't just be willy nilly and lackadaisical about it. But all that to say, I don't believe in, um, in soulmates. I don't believe in a cosmic soul that you have to search for um, out there in the universe. I believe you can choose whoever you want. Um, but once you choose that person on your wedding day, that's the one. And that's the only one. Amen. So use your sermon up to that point best you can. All right. So moving on to our next question, because it actually kind of relates to the first one. How do I know if God is calling me to this person or another person? So Reese and John both talked about how um, sometimes God will give you multiple people in your life. Well, how do you know? Let's say there's two people at the same time. Well, how do you know if you're being called to this person or being called to that person? So, John, why do you start us off, and then we'll Sweet. finish off with Eli. Awesome. Yeah. Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, because yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna flip a coin, and and choose that way. But um, that's no, I would 100% flip a coin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, prayerfully. Yep. Yet there's also communication that needs to take place where just be open with the person. Um, if it gets to that point where you're like, first off, I would find myself to be in a bit more of a pickle of how did I get into being in such a serious position with two people at the same time? <laughs> um, that would be the first question <laughs> yeah, I'd sir. be having or writing in a letter to myself. But um, yeah, if it, uh, if it, if you find yourself in that position or you're at that point, honestly, just be open with the person. And if you have pursuits and aspirations in life, put it on the table and, and be intentional and be serious about it. I might just pass the mic because I'm trying to, to gather my thoughts on, I have a, a neighbor who had a similar situation. Mm -hmm. I can you know, kind of share a bit of their story and I believe there also might be a missionary if I can gather my thoughts appropriately. Yeah, I have a, I have a story about this as well, but I'll wait. Sweet. Ahead, cool. Uh, yeah, I would say um, you just got to, you know, lean into the, the Holy Spirit. I think God will give you peace about the situation. I think there will be signs, and it's either your job to accept those signs and be open to them or to, like, embrace the love is blind and just ignore them because I think that's what a lot of people do is they don't actually see the person for who they are until they're either married to them or they've broken up with them and they're like, wow, I'm glad that happened. So just being attentive to signs and, um, you know, through prayer and through just a peace about it that the Holy Spirit will give you, I think that's the best way, you know, trusting God in all things and just making sure that you guys are compatible and not feeling rushed. I mean, you might know it's the person earlier. I don't know how that works because I've never felt that, but don't feel rushed. Take your time to get to know someone because it's a lifelong covenant that you don't break. So just uh, be patient and trusting. Do you want to? Yeah. So I kind of gathered my thoughts a little bit. I have a good family friend of mine that um, 
he was in college, and I believe he was dating um, three people at the same time. Woo! Um, was he a Mormon? No, he was not. Okay. Um, Let's call a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not, I'm not trying to no. say that Mormons are scumbags. No, nope, that's exactly dating. what you said. No. no. <laughs> that's exactly what we're saying. But the guy dating, dating three girls at once, that's a scumbag. Well, you also had to put this in, in the context of the time, which was the 70s. So during the 70s, to have, like, though we have our biblical worldview, absolutely. That's right. And he would even go back and say, yeah, that wasn't the right thing to do. But, you know, during that the 70s. Attitude, bro. Everyone was with it, you know, anyway, not gonna get into that. Um, he was dating three people at the same time, and then he started dating a fourth, and his his fourth told him, look, you either date me, or these other three. Yeah, okay. She wasn't throwing herself in the mix, and she threw that challenge at him. Good for her. And so he dropped the other three. That's what we call a strong woman. He dropped the other three, and they've been married for... Over 50 years, I believe. She must have been quite the woman. <laughs> and she is. She's an incredible woman, wow. and he's an incredible husband. Um, they're a great cousin. No, it's not. <laughs> are they safe? What the heck? Yes, they are. Why is that they what are safe. That is a valid question. Psychologically, that's usually how stories go. Usually, like, you're very familiar with them because that person means a lot to you. Oh, interesting. Well, I am very familiar with the story because the person does mean a lot to me, but it's not my parents. Okay. Um, so, basically, to put that out there, which yeah. is this. She challenged him for better, and in that, he made, a, he made a choice. And so it's like, yes, there's prayer involved. And I also look at, like, you know, God has a sense of sovereignty cause, that I don't understand. Because mm. if I can remember correctly, Nate Saint was very much desiring to uh, be with a particular woman in his life she i believe was had something to do with a bakery where he was living but then this other woman that was in his life was off pursuing how to get into um, i believe it was ecuador into the missions field and he desired that more and so like it's it's very unique how God has a sovereignty about it where there was one that he wanted, mm-hmm. but there were, he had a choice in the, in the fact yeah. of where does he want to go? What does he want to do? And I think that's a big proponent of when you're in prayer, we say it because it just kind of comes to the, the, um, the point of the pen to say pray. But it's like, man, like in prayer, actually talk with God, pray his words back to him. You know, some people say minister to God in prayer, and I never really understood what that meant Mm -hmm. until I started to pray scripture in my prayers. And it's like, you know, you're you're in a way ministering God's word back to him, and you're asking for that clarification. You're asking for that guidance, that direction. You're being honest and genuine with God in your prayers. And I think I may have mentioned it before, but here it goes. You've mentioned it before. Yeah, thanks, Reese. <laughs> the The point is not to pursue the person. Mm. The point is to pursue God. Yeah. And when you're doing that, there will be someone else along the way who's yeah. also pursuing God. And then as you pursue God together, you come closer together. Um, so that's not also that's not to say that you have to pursue each other first to then pursue God. It's pursue God all the way. And in his sovereignty that I don't understand, he's going to make those paths come closer together. It's really cool. I don't understand it all, but, yeah. So I actually have um, a friend that listens to this podcast, and I'm not going to use her name. But you have friends? Believe it or not, I do. That's crazy. That I know. <laughs> anyway, so I have a friend <laughs> that went through exactly this. She um, was thrown two guys at her. At once. And no, 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 no. She, it's not like that. I'll explain. No, I'll have the backstory. <laughs> so the backstory is that she had dreams over break about this one kid. We'll call him um, E, right? So um, you're right. I'll call him Richard. So Richard, right? So and we'll call this girl um, Rebecca. So Rebecca had dreams about Richard over break. 
and random. And they weren't really talking over break. It was just she was having random dreams about Richard. Now, they were best friends in elementary, I believe, also in middle school. And then they liked each other in high school, but then she moved away. So she was having these random dreams about Richard, Rebecca was, and, like, for no reason. Like, they weren't really talking. I believe they were talking. It was just, like, Snapchat. But it was nothing. And so she talked to me about it, and she was like, yo, Max. And I was like, what's up? And she's like, I'm having these dreams. I don't know why. And I was like, well, are they glorifying to God? And she was like, well, we're not doing anything bad. It's just us hanging out and us dating. And I was like, well, that's weird because dreams, they're either secular or they're from God. And I don't know if those are from God, but it doesn't seem like they're secular at all. And so I asked her what the, they were doing in the dreams. And sure enough, it was glorifying to God. And so skip some time, some months go by and she's talking to this one kid. And we'll call this one kid um, Peter. Benny. Uh, okay. So Benny, um, Benny and Rebecca start talking and um, they start hanging out and they're like very close to dating. And then all of a sudden Richard comes in. And he's like, Rebecca, I've liked you for a very, very long time. Oof. So now she's got Richard, Richard and – Word, yeah. So now she's got Richard and Benny. And remember, Rebecca was having dreams about Richard a long time ago. And so out of nowhere, here comes Richard, and he's like, yeah, I have feelings for you, and I know you're you're thinking about dating Benny, and I don't want to ruin things if you're happy with him. And Rebecca really wasn't really happy with, with Benny. They were actually, even before dating, they were still going through some stuff together. So she asked me, Max, how do I know who to choose? And I was like, pray. And she was like, okay. And so she prayed for a week and I prayed for her. And she was like, I think God might be calling me to a time of singleness. And I told her that. Um, she found that out herself. A, a friend told her that and her mother told her that. And so instead she was like, all right. Maybe I should get like a week to myself because I have too many people telling me different things and I don't know if God's doing this or God's doing that. And so she took a week and Benny was um, he did not like it. He was like, oh, no, you got to tell me right away. Like, you can't leave me in the dust. And Rebecca right right away. That's a sign. Uh, yeah, that's Rebecca. Rebecca. Yes, that's a red flag. Rebecca was like, yo, you can't even give me space. However, Richard was like, take all the time you need. If you don't want to get with me, that's Good fine. Man. Yes, Richard is a great man. So Rebecca had time a week, and then she stopped really talking to Benny. And then Richard comes in, and they start hanging out. And now they're dating. Okay. Richard and Rebecca are dating. So at first, she was called, so-called, you know, quotes, she was called to a time of singleness. And it was only a week, and... So, Listen, I don't know if God wanted her to do more or wanted her to do less, but during that time, she was able to have a clear head yeah. and she was able to make a decision. She was given discernment, and that's the thing that matters. So how do you know who to choose? Well, you got to pray. Exactly what John, exactly what Yashka, and maybe even recent Eli will say later, but you have to pray. You have to ask for discernment. Discernment comes from the Holy Spirit, and since she is saved, then she has the Holy Spirit within her. She is a temple with the Holy Spirit. So after praying, after thinking about it and talking to God, being in his word, it took over two weeks for her to get an answer. And that answer wasn't an audible answer. It was in her heart. And it was in Richard's heart as well. So do you yeah. want to say something? I was going to say something quickly about um, that story. I don't know if I'd say that's a, like a time of singleness, singleness that she went into. It was more just like she felt God, she felt that God's like you need to slow down and talk to talk to me about yep. this. Yep. Yeah, he's like you just need to talk to me about this, like because you got all these like yeah, it's great like having your mom, friends, mm -hmm. peers, all that telling you um, what you think you should, what they think you should do, and all that. But honestly, God's like opinion and what He has to say about it is what's most important. So. Yeah, I wouldn't phrase it as a single season of singleness, but mm -hmm. it was just a time to spend time alone with God yep. and really think about the decision. Yeah, and to finish off my little segment before Reese goes in, sorry if I cut you off, Reese, but um, yeah, she she thought she was being called to a time of singleness, and she had me, a Christian, and you know serving the Lord every single second I can have. Her friend, the same thing, and her mother, who's even a better Christian than the other two, 
She had three Christians with the Holy, the same Holy Spirit, telling her, telling her the same thing, yet God is telling her something different. And that some people might be like, oh, that's a contradiction. That the Holy Spirit doesn't know what it's doing. No, it's just we were talking versus God talking. That's the difference. So. I didn't have some like gift of discernment and I was like, you know what? Nope, I'm 100% God is calling you to a time of singleness. No, I was like, I think God is you know, calling you to a time of singleness. And her friend said the same thing and her mom said the same thing. But after she prayed and Rebecca didn't know which one to choose, but once she found time alone in God's presence, things just started to line together. And she told me today, because I, I had um, breakfast with her, we talked for like two hours outside her, her um, uh, um, building. And she was like, I have never been happier in my entire life. Like out of all the relationships I've ever had, I just can't stop smiling. And like, and I was like, you're bliss. And she was like, I don't even know if I can use that word. I think I'm even more than that. And I was like, amen, glory to God. So... We're going to move on to Reese because he's fooling around and his ADHD is um, uh, picking up. So, Yeah, so basically, I'm not going to say any new ideas here because the, the general concept of, you know, this person or that person is prayer because as uh, people have been very fond of telling me, God is not a God of confusion. Mm-hmm. If you are finding yourself in a situation where you are confused, it is because you did not seek God in the first place. Mm. So it's it's fairly simple. And also the idea is this idea, whole idea of this person or that person is very foreign to me because that requires two people liking me back. So, <laughs> hey, I can get on board with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very foreign yeah. concept to me. Yeah, it but, happen uh, all the time. Like, I've never had that as yeah. well. Just, yeah. So if you if you find yourself in that situation and you're confused, it is because you haven't been seeking God mm. uh, in that situation like you should have. So, do I get to lead into the next question now? Yeah. If Eli doesn't... I, I mean, it's for the, the same sake thing. of timeliness, yeah. I'm just going to say the same it's, thing you yeah. guys already said. Yeah. So, we can move on. Is kissing allowed? Eli, you want to start us off? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's going through puberty. Hi, guys. So, yeah, kissing is or isn't. <laughs> Eli's oh. never kissed a female before. That is not true. Which means he's only kissed males. His mom has never kissed him. <laughs> what? What is? Wow! This, this is right. shots fired. This in is here. quite the episode. Yeah. Sorry, um, I can leave. And then no, fine. you're fine. You're fine. It's funny. Um, that was me that said that. Why are you leaving? I'm the one who perpetuates it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Shows how much you're paying attention. So, to all right. What is your answer to um, kissing? Yeah. Honestly, so this is something a lot of Christians talk about. It's been brought up a lot of times with like in my group of friends is the is kissing allowed or should I kiss in a dating relationship? Honestly, it's more of um I find it's more of a personal thing. If you find that kissing's like that brings you to sexual sin or that's like something that leads to it, you should not do it cuz as like um it says in Corinthians, I believe, like you flee from sexual immorality. So that's something that's causing you to stumble into sin, then flee from it. Don't kiss. Like, don't do that. But if it's not, I honestly don't see kissing as um an issue. issue. Yeah, I, gospel issue or an issue, really. Um, For dating, like, I never had, like, that being said, while I don't think it's, while I would do it in a dating relationship, it's also something to not be taken lightly as well, though. I definitely, like, before I kissed my first girlfriend, like, I thought about it a lot and just deciding whether or not to do it. Like, at what point in the relationship would I? And, yeah, it's honestly just, it's not, like, it's definitely not something we take in lightly. But I do think it's something that is fine within a dating relationship. Now, how far do you think is too far? You can answer that one after you answered, is kissing a Yeah, line. if I were to say. <laughs> quick, like, any, it doesn't yeah, have to be long just to be quick. Any, any sexual sin, like we're all instilled with the morals. Um, we all kind of know, like what's laid out in the Bible. How far is too far? Giving into lust, giving into sexual sin. Like you know it when you've reached it. it has instilled in us essentially what's right and wrong. So yeah, you'll know it when you hit it, and it's also quite clearly stated in the Bible, which is just any form of sexual immorality, and that's how far is too far. Any form of it. Big Yeah, I mean, 
Wait, did I have to answer his kissing aloud before I can answer how far is too far? You can say whatever. Y'all say really weird rules in here. I don't like there it. There are we no rules. There's no rules. There's no. So put your shirt back on. There's one rule. Um, so. <laughs> Thanks. That that is a pizza commercial. In case y'all were wondering, uh, uh, how far is too far? If it feels like sexual immorality, it probably is. Straight up. Yeah. Like, you're in a relationship, or you're not. If you're in anything, and they say, you know, don't cheat. I literally read a rule book where it says, if it feels like it's cheating, it probably is. And so it's just. That's that's it. Plain and simple. If it feels like sexual immorality, like, hey, you know what? I don't think my parents would approve of me doing this right now outside of marriage. Oh, then, sure. yeah, this is like, could you do this in front of your parents? Yes or no? That that's how you know. That's a good way to put if, it. Yeah. If you if you're, well, it also depends on what kind of parents you had. I was gonna say. Okay. If you have general moral upstanding parents who raised you in a, <laughs> so you right. I, like, yeah, essentially. If you were raised properly to treat, you know, your significant other properly, could you, you know, would they be cool with you grazing the inside of their leg while sitting on like, you know? Oh my goodness! Hey, no, like this is legit. This is legit. I'm not even trying to be funny at this point. Like, if you can't sit there and graze the inside of their leg with your parents watching you, then you probably shouldn't be doing when they're not watching you. It's that simple. Your parents are watching. God is watching. Yeah. Amen. Watching you. Okay. <laughs> all, right, all right. Now it's for me. So. Y'all <laughs> can't take this seriously. <laughs> no, I can. Uh, it was. John's it's, just dying over there in the corner. John is crying for those that are listening. <laughs> Did you say crying? He's, He's crying. I'm not crying. What, 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 what my you man got is there? my man is breaking down. <laughs> What's so funny, Buster Brown? Anyway, so this um, podcast. Reese, Reese, what's your opinion on kissing, real quick? Kissing. Okay, so. Would you or would you not do it? I mean, yes, kissing. I I believe kissing is acceptable, but the moment you start, when when I start getting uh, a little too hot and heavy, that's when you need to you know cut it out type deal. Yeah. Like, kissing is a natural part of the relationship, in my opinion. But once it starts causing your hands to start wandering, mm-hmm. that's when you that's when you need to throw you know a bucket of water on you and say, <laughs> Nah, nah, Buster Brown, mom mom wouldn't like me grabbing here. So, <laughs> no, it's I like it. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you guys heard episode two, uh, <laughs> if you guys heard, if John is so. <laughs> If you guys heard episode two of The Biblical Bachelors, you heard my backstory. So you guys know exactly where I'm coming from in terms of sexual sin. And so after that night when I realized that there is such thing as sexual immorality and that there is such thing as sexual sin, I kind of drew my line. And I draw my line right after lightly kissing. Like lightly. I wouldn't even call it making out. I would call it like lightly kissing. And so reason why I draw that line there is because my own um, my own life, my own um, mistakes that I've made. And so I don't want my girlfriend to lust over me and I don't want myself lusting over a female. And so do I think it's kissing aloud? Well, in my opinion, let's look at the Bible in this, right? The only time the Bible mentions kissing is a heavenly kiss. And that's when Paul says, greet each other with a heavenly kiss. And what he means by that was, well, back in the day when they kissed, right? Cheek, cheek, boom, right? Thank you for this. Oh, we're French now. (laughs) So I know John has a story and hopefully we'll have the time (laughs) um, to hear about it when John kissed a man. (laughs) And so, yeah. yeah. I I I have. Yep, so... Let's look at it in a biblical <laughs> worldview and a biblical lens. So the only time kissing was mentioned was with Paul. And dating is not even mentioned. Dating is actually a Western idea that we have thought of, that we per, like practice. So dating was never really a thing in the Bible. Dating was never a thing in like the Eastern Hemisphere. So this is foreign territory. This is all gray area. And... We know that kissing on the lips is very intimate and um, even kissing on the cheek over here in the United States, like that's even weird. Like I know in Spanish speaking countries, teenagers greet like opposite sex with a kiss on the cheek or like a sound. And I know in my family, I'm Puerto Rican, by the way, in my family, whenever I greet my, my aunts and uncles, 
well, not my uncle. <laughs> Whenever I greet my aunts, I always go with a on the cheek. That's it. And sometimes we won't even kiss. We'll make the sound. Some aunts will actually kiss me on the cheek, and other aunts will just like make the sound. So, do I think kissing is allowed with your girlfriend? I think objectively that um, there's a fine line, and um, that fine line starts after lightly kissing like objectively you should not be doing anything after that because then that becomes lust that becomes sexual sin etc i think subjectively is that portion is kissing i mean it's up to the person it's up to whether or not they think they have the self-control for it which is the fruit of the spirit galatians 5 22 and i think that you need to be cautious you need to be wary of what you're doing and how you're feeling and if you think that you can't kiss someone without um, losing self-control, then just don't do it. Save it till marriage. Um, obviously, there's the problem of you can still lust for your husband and wife, but uh, we won't talk about that now um, due to lack of time. So I will say one last thing before I hand the mic to Yashka. Sexual immorality, sexual sin, flee from sexual immorality. That is the only sin against yourself. And that's biblical. And um, you need to watch out. That is one of the slipperiest slopes you will ever face in your entire life. Take it from me that it's been there almost every single day um, when before I was saved. And um, I lost self-control so many times. And I did things I wasn't proud of and I'm still not proud of. So from my past experiences, is kissing allowed? Yes. Lightly kissing is where I would draw the line. Yashka, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, from my perspective, uh, I don't want to necessarily kiss before marriage. Now, I have kissed one girl before. Um, but but um, I just think it's, again, lightly, lightly kissing, like what Shane said. It's all about the what's in your head. It's all about your motivation. So if you can kiss and not fall into lust and... Um, not uplift the other person in your own mind, uh, then I think that's okay. But um, like Shane said too, it's sexual morality is such a damaging and horrible sin. We have to flee from it just like Joseph did where he ran out of Potiphar's uh, wife's house so fast that she even ripped his coat. That's how fast he fled. So if you can do kissing without lust, then sure. But if you can't, then I think it's always better not to. And uh, I think it's also important to remember what makes your partner attractive. Is it their... So, um, the guys want me to share my story about when I actually um, have been kissed and kissed another man. (laughs) Not on the lips, not on the lips. So, good friend of mine um, was in my platoon back back when, and... What's a platoon? uh, It's a group of three to four squads of... Of uh, Marines in a collective group. Anyway, so yeah. Anyway, so he was born in Iraq, and he uh, came to my room one night, pounded on the door, wanting me to answer. So I, I got out of bed, rolled out of bed, I answered the door, and uh, yeah, he was slightly intoxicated, and <laughs> <That's> an <understatement>. <laughs> he <laughs> took both hands and he slapped both sides of my head and grabbed me with his big hands. And he brought me in, and he kissed me on one cheek, kissed me on the other cheek, kissed me back on the same cheek. And he said, I want you to know that in my culture, this is the greatest way of showing affection. He said, outside of dying for you, he's like, this is the greatest way I can show that I love you and I care about you. And then he did it again, and then he did it again. So he did it it three times three. That's nine. And so he did it three times, three times. And... Um, and I was actually very thankful for that because in his intoxicated state, he told me, he said, you're the only one that I would do that to. Wow. And, um, so really cool. Well, fast forward about a year. We're down in Louisiana for a funeral and he drove down from Chicago and I was in the, uh, in the hotel room waiting for him and he was bringing someone else along. There was like four of us that were getting together for this thing. And... I knew he was coming into the door. He came in about 2 o'clock in the morning, so I rolled out of bed, opened up the door for him. And the only thing I thought about doing was just taking my hands and slapping on both <laughs> sides of his head. 
and kissed it on three times uh, on on the cheeks. And his face was just an expression of joy and shock and just utter confusion because he'd just driven like eight or nine hours straight. So there, there, there you go. That was that was awesome. It is definitely in my memory bank of a good time. Um, now, with kissing, kissing in a relationship, kissing um, someone of the opposite sex in a dating um, relationship and so on and so forth. I will, uh, as I have come to find myself, I draw the hardest and most conservative line in this <laughs> than everyone else in the room. That is, I'm waiting for marriage 100%. Um, I've never kissed anyone, and I don't intend to until my wedding day. If, for people who tell me, "Hey, don't you don't you want to like make sure that you like it when you kiss them and all that, that kind of stuff? Don't you want to try it out before you marry?" Yada yada yada. My response is, if they don't like me because I'm not a good kisser, or if they want to divorce me because I'm not a good kisser, like that's. That's awful, and I mean, there's more going on there than just my ability to kiss. So, I draw the hardest line at I'm waiting for marriage. That is also to say that with all the other perspectives of how far to go, you know, what is the limit, you know what, anyone can lust after someone else with just their eyes. So how much more so when you're kissing them? You know, I'm not here to throw shots and say people don't have genuine, you know, kisses towards each other in a dating aspect. I'm just saying maybe I'm the screwed up one here, and that's why I got to have such a conservative and hard line drawn for myself. But I also look at it like this is a daughter of God, and I have to steward her. Hmm. And even when I'm married, that's still a daughter of God. I don't own her, but I now have a right to her. No, I wouldn't even say a right. I would I would say I have a greater responsibility of stewardship over yeah. her. Sure. And so how I steward someone, because if, if me as being a Christian is to steward a woman as a daughter of God, then that means I need to steward her well when I'm engaged to a daughter of God, which means I need to court or date a daughter of God differently than what the world would say is right. Because at some point in time, on my wedding day, I've had a change of perspective this sem- this semester, actually, because I used to think, man, I have such a gift that I can give to my wife, which is to say, you're the only one I've ever kissed. I would have no other comparison in my mind. I would have no other backlogged imagery, nothing. Like, you're the only one, and that's a gift I can give to you. Something that changed my perspective this semester is that I, is is this. Yes, that's a gift that my wife would be able to get, but it's not directly from me. Hmm. It would be directly from God, indirectly from me. Because what I'm what I'm saying is pull me back from the forefront of the one giving the gift and give God the glory to say he's the one who's protected me from circumstances where I most definitely had an opportunity to kiss and so on and so forth. And it's not just kiss, but it's also virginity in other aspects of, of my life. And so on the wedding day, my hope is that I would stand there and I would say, Lord, thank you that I have kept myself and I have stewarded this virginity and this purity that you have given me and I have stewarded and kept that well and I get to give it back to you, Lord, in order to glorify and magnify your name so that when you give it to my wife, my wife can glorify your name and say, Lord, thank you for this man who is is you know pure or it has kept himself and that way it is the both of us are thanking god for one another and it takes takes a lot of that um personal i statement you know on the forefront out of it so um anyway that's just me i i just draw a really hard line on that for myself yeah can i um, add something absolutely real quick so yeah so as you were saying you're like you mentioned something very directly like oh maybe i'm the mess up one out of all of us that i have to draw this conservative line i wouldn't say that's not at all like oh because i you like are messed up or anything it's just dating and kissing and all that that's a gray area mm-hmm. christianity and you just have different convictions i mean like it's the same as um like r-rated movies can be a gray area sometimes 
Yeah. Like, one of my favorite movies is Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Rated R. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Yep. An excellent war movie. I don't see anything wrong with watching an R-rated war movie because it's typically just for violence and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas some Christians are just convicted, like, no R-rated. Nothing mm-hmm. on, nothing above PG-13. And that's just because they have different convictions. So True. there's nothing, like, more broken in you <laughs> than the rest of us just because you have a different conviction. Um, well, thank you. I just think I it's, appreciate yeah. that. Um, what was the other question you want me to jump into? Uh, so Reese actually wants to kind of... Well, oh, before that, yeah. Was I, gonna so okay. I was going to say, so I was going to ex- agree with Eli. That's why I said this is subjective. That's why I said kissing, that's subjective. And 100% objective is when you get to the, like the lust part. Like we're told in the Bible, do yeah. not lust. So that's 100% objective. But the subjective part is kissing. And John, he has um, this strong belief. And so does my mentor. Um, the one that's discipling me or was discipling me, he 100% is uh, in agreement with John. And he thinks that he's going to save his kiss till marriage. And he actually lived a worse life than I did. He actually had sex with people in middle school. And he did everything in middle school and high school. He had multiple partners. And he actually went from one extreme to the other extreme. And that's not a bad thing. And we all have different convictions. So, yeah, you're not messed up. Um, uh, I'm not messed up. Eli's not messed up. Reese or Yashka, no one's messed up. Well, actually, we're Reese. All we're all like, sinners. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about we're not messed up because of our own decision. That's I, If we're messed up 100%, we're sinners. We yeah, deserve yeah, to yeah. die. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying. Like, Worse off than the other yes, because of their 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 opinion. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa, guys, I'm a Calvinist. Please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, so with following our last question, um, Reese is actually going to start yeah, us off. Reese asked if he could kind of start yeah, he off. actually maybe he's a little bit passionate. We're about so to see, but be something good to say. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> the question is, how am I supposed to date someone for years and not do quote anything with them? So some people, right, some girls or boys might be like, yeah, um, I don't want to kiss until marriage. And yet you might have different beliefs on that. So, Reese, how are you going to answer this? It's plain and simple. I'm not going to, you know, go into in-depth anything. It's just super simple. Ready? I'm going to blow your mind. Here it is. Because you're told not to. That's why. Uh. It's (laughs) literally that simple. There's no you know, in-depth study that we have to do. It's like, don't have sexual immorality. Yeah. And it's a man and a woman in the terms of marriage is when they cleave to each other. That's when it is. Yeah. Plain and simple. There's no, oh, but what is it about this great? No. No. It's that easy. So what yeah. would you say to a female um, that says, yeah, I don't want to kiss until marriage, and a male um, agree, or disagrees and says, oh, I want to kiss my girlfriend? Well, then in that situation, look, she has her boundaries set. Maybe she knows her limits a lot better than he does. If he's not willing to understand, you know, she doesn't want to do that in terms of fear of falling into sexual immorality, then he's probably not the one that God's called her to be with. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Know your limits and adhere them to biblical standards and don't do it because you're told not to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't make it any simpler. <laughs> if anyone wants to go, yeah. I'll go last. Okay. okay. I got something. Yeah, so you're basically saying all the truth behind it. When I, what first comes to mind when I hear that question is, like, how am I supposed to date someone for years and not do anything? Why are you dating that person for so long? Because, like, the moment you start a dating relationship, you become more, you get to know the person more and more. You become, it becomes more and more of an intimate relationship. So every passing day, it just becomes harder and harder to not do those things. So I think something that could help with that, like on the more practical aspect of it, is don't date the person for super long. Like there's people who have like can be engaged for like several years or like they'll be dating for like five to seven years and they got like a three year engagement or whatever. Like some people just like drag their feet around. And it's like, why are you doing it? Like you're not doing yourself any favors. And I honestly think if you're not in a place where you're dating someone and you aren't going to marry them within, like, the span of two to three years, I don't think you should be dating that person. Because I I personally wouldn't really like to date someone more than two years and then have about, at most, a year-long engagement even on top of that. So at most, I wouldn't be one of, 
want to be with the person for like more than three years without actually being able to make that commitment and I'd like to be in a place in my life where I can actually do that where I'm like financially stable you know I have a good job set up I just don't want to be with the person for more than three years I just feel like you're dragging your feet at that point and the longer you wait to marry that person just the more um you're putting yourself in a place to mess up and fall into sexual immorality absolutely yeah yeah, I was just going to say an illustration. I had a uh, youth pastor tell me one time is um, thank you for tightening that uh, lug nut there on <laughs> the, the microphone. That's, that's a great, great thing. illustration. I, I appreciate it. Uh, you're about to break it. So, um, <laughs> so youth pastor gave an illustration. Super simplistic. I don't really know how to apply this to a real world il- illustration, but if I can, if I can frame this out with my words, the picture should come to mind, which is you are standing in a box and that box has a certain amount of space that you can move around in. you have freedom of movement inside that box you make a decision and that box gets a little bit smaller now you have less freedom of movement you make another decision that box gets smaller and then the more decisions you make the box gets smaller and smaller incrementally and eventually you have no freedom of movement now I'm going to tie that into the aspect of how am I supposed to date? How am I supposed to date someone for years and not do anything with them? Um, I would I would say this with my illustration. I'm tying my illustration to how you're supposed to be around someone and not do anything with them mm. because you can scrap the time aspect because time can be relative. You can be with someone for a couple of minutes, but if you make some really confining and restricting mm-hmm. decisions about your ability to escape a situation with that person, mm-hmm. given it starts to become very tempting, it becomes very sinful, it, just tempting. Because we definitely can tempt ourselves, and I think it's, I think it's wrong um, to, to put ourselves in a position where we are easily tempted because that's just not using good judgment. So that to say, time being relative, whenever you're with someone, significant other or whatever, always be cognizant of the decisions that you're choosing. If you want to hang out with that person, think about the small things. Is it dark? Are there people around? Um, am I looking over my shoulder before I go to do something? It's it's uh, a lot of those different things that you can take into effect. But yeah, yeah. illustration of a box getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Can you do this in front of your parents? <laughs> yeah, back to that. Mm-hmm. Yoshi, do you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I would say, like, just embrace the fruits of the Spirit in this aspect. So what is true love? What does that look like? Loving God first and then loving the person in the relationship with. True love is obeying God's commands. So that's it. Then joy. The amount of just terrible things and, and lack of joy that will happen if you fall into sexual immorality is almost innumerable. I mean, there's so many broken people out there who wish they wouldn't have done certain things, and now it's there's just a lack of joy in certain aspects of their life. So true joy is found by following God. Mm-hmm. Have peace about the situation. Have patience. That's another big thing. Be able to wait and trust God through the whole thing and just have that patience. And then kindness, goodness. You know, gentleness, faithfulness, uh, be faithful to the other person and, and ultimately to God. And then I think the biggest one is self-control, um, putting the human passions at bay, putting your own desires uh, to rest and just trusting God and understanding that you're not on earth to please yourself. Uh, you're not on earth to get in a relationship with another person and make yourself feel really good. And try and bring the fruits of the Spirit to yourself, you know, the joy and peace to yourself by your own vices. We're supposed to bring that. That is a byproduct of your faith and trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. Uh, but again, the main thing is is self-control and keeping the relationship focused on God. I don't know if I've said this in this podcast before, uh, but the president of Liberty uh, told me that like marriages and even relationships are like a triangle with God on top and then the man and woman at the bottom. Yeah. And as bo- as you both grow closer to God, you move up the sides of the triangle and grow closer to each other. So that's how the relationship ought to work. 
Was that President Prevo? That was the oh, President Prevo. The President. Prevo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this country boy. So <laughs> what I will say is that since I'm closing us off, Fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22 to 23. And I um, did some research. And I mean, I just Googled something real quick. <laughs> and um, so according to this article, um, there's a distinct chrono chronology. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a distinct chronology of one fruit leading us directly to the next. So in other words, as we grow in the fruit of the spirit, right, and as we obtain them and strengthen um, in them one by one, we will see ourselves leading to the next. And so the fruit of the spirit starts off with love, loving God. When I first accepted Jesus into my heart, I was filled with love and loving Jesus, loving what he did for me. That brought me joy. That made me think, wow, the fact that this man died for me and that I don't even know him yet. And yet he died for me and he loves me. That gave me peace in my heart. And as the list goes, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I broke up with girlfriend number four because she lacked self-control. Because I knew that I would lack self-control being with her. So, honestly, how am I supposed to date someone for years and not do anything? Do you have the fruit of the Spirit? Are you producing fruit? If you aren't, then you need to go back and make sure that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And even if you did that and you're still not producing fruit, what are you doing with your life? Are you falling into temptation? Are you lusting? Are you not take, um, being in God's word and in his presence, praying to him? Why aren't you producing fruit? So that's the question. And it all boils down to the last fruit, self-control. I believe that self-control leads to a lot of great things in life. And you will be blessed for having self-control in certain predicaments like with your girlfriend or boyfriend, if you decide not to do something and you have self-control, God will definitely bless you for that. I mean, there is obviously the other hand where you shouldn't be in that predicament in the first place. But nonetheless, fruit of the spirit, people. Come on, self-control. So Eli yeah. wants to say something before. Yeah. I just wanted to emphasize. So you're saying how essentially love is the first fruit of the spirit and everything kind of branches off of that. Don't take our word for it. Um, Jesus himself commanded it in... This is Mark 12, 28. And it says, three of the four Gospels. Yeah, and it says, and yeah, but I'm reading here from Mark. And it says, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing what he, that he answered them well, asked them, which commandment is most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So that just only further proves that the fruit of the Spirit, love is like one of the most important and everything else will fall into place after that if you truly love the Lord and others. Absolutely. Um, cool thing that uh, I was, it was brought to my attention is um, in thinking about it, the Proverbs 31 woman, was written about um, Bathsheba, the the same woman that King David basically had an affair with. And yes, Reese. I wouldn't say affair. I would say he just essentially the man raped her because she didn't mm. even want to do. She she didn't want to be in that situation. All right, there you go. <laughs> King David, King David, when he messed up, he done messed up. <laughs> right. So. Either or, it's like you, you take a, a horrible situation like that and it's redeemed. How is it redeemed? It's redeemed because of Christ. And that's the, and, and I give that to say this. For anyone who at any point in life struggles with guilt, shame, or you listen to this podcast and you think, oh, man, I wish I was that person who hadn't gone that far. I wish I was in this position or I wish I was wearing these shoes and not these shoes uh, across the board. There is redemption, and it's through Christ. Mm. And he redeems everything. Yeah, and so I just want to put that in there yeah. so that way no one walks away from any of our podcasts to be thinking, man, I wish I was 
in their shoes because I'm down over here. Like Christ knows exactly where you're at and his grace is sufficient for you. He can absolutely redeem your life no matter the choices and decisions that you've made. All you must do is turn from your sin, Mm -hmm. turn to Christ, and when you do, he begins to reconcile you back to God and he redeems your life and it doesn't matter what kind of decisions or what kind of pits or whatever sidetracks you've made in your life it will all be redeemed and you may not see the redemption of it in its totality here in this world Mm. you may still suffer from particular aspects of decisions but in the next in the eternal you will see the total um, culmination of the the redemption that Christ brought through His resurrection, so um, yeah, yeah, cool things. That was good. Yeah, we're, thank we're you. to incorporate the, the gospel yeah, into it. We're gonna cut this part out. Oh, I don't know about that. I'll see how much like no, no, no like me saying that. Oh, oh, yeah. Anyway, wait to incorporate the gospel. Yeah. Way to be a Christian. Do we want to? Yeah, so do the intro let's or do let's do the intro. So what? We haven't even concluded oh, yeah, this my, thing yet. My bad. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, after John saying that, that kind of concludes our dating series, which ended up being three parts. Woo! It was a, cool. It's been quite the process, but we made it through, boys. <laughs> it was a little bit, a little bit longer expected, but I love the way everything happened, and I think every episode was awesome. Am I going to be allowed back? Sure. <laughs> no, that's it. No, I'm just kidding. What I will say is that our directed uh, audience is not only to males. So even though John oh, yeah. um, mentioned the Proverbs woman, I mean, um, this is for males and females. Yeah. So um, share this with your, your brothers, your sisters, your parents, your grandma, your, your grandpa, your dog, your cat. Your, your cat. Actually, no, you should just kill the cat. <laughs> okay, and close no. it out. <laughs> I love cats. All right. We've thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for no. listening right. and uh, finishing off the series. Yeah, everyone say bye. 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 <laughs>